Welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll put resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hey guys, and welcome back to High Tide, Low Tide. Thank you so much for joining me today and tuning in. I am very excited to have a wonderful morning today. I've been down to Strong at Henley Beach and done a partner workout this morning and then grabbed a coffee afterwards. The sun is shining outside. It's a beautiful Saturday. And I am now joined by today's guest, Abby. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. I've been honored to be invited on this podcast and share my story, talk about mental health and all the things. I'm very happy to have you here, and thank you so much for giving me your time on a Saturday. Would you like to start off by giving us a little bit of an introduction to who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm Abby or Abigail, whatever anybody wants to call me. I go by both. Mm -hmm. But I live here in Adelaide as well. I am from the U.S. I grew up on a little island called Nantucket, which is off the coast of Massachusetts. It's literally as far as you could possibly go to the other (laughs) side of the world. If you were to like dig a hole down, that's where you would probably end up. So um, I've lived in Australia now for about a year and a half, um, but I lived in Sydney for a while before that. So I lived in Sydney for about six years. Then I lived in Boston with my husband, and now we're back here. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's Australian. We have a little girl, Matilda, who's almost, well, she's two and a half now, which is crazy. Mm. And yeah, that's kind of a little bit of my background. I have an online business, so I'm an entrepreneur as well. And um, I love the world of entrepreneurship and being able to do that and be a mom. Yeah, that's amazing. How did you find the transition between living in the US to living in Australia? So I so I studied abroad in mm-hmm. Sydney. This was 13 years ago. So mm-hmm. I had like a little bit of time to adjust yeah. like being in Sydney um, and doing the studying abroad. And I just loved it. Like as mm-hmm. soon as my feet hit the soil, I just felt like at home and grounded in Australia. And I was like, uh-huh. This is what I've been looking for. And this is before I even met my partner. Yeah. And it was just absolutely amazing. So then I met him like the week or two after I had started studying abroad. Oh, and wow. And we just like hit it off, saw each other every single weekend afterwards. It was amazing. Aww. Finished my time studying abroad. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to go home, finish my degree. And why not just move back to Australia? Let's mm-hmm. book a one-way ticket. And I was like, Duncan, I'm coming here. Like, <laughs> I'll be there in a couple of months. And he's like, okay. I guess we're doing this, thinking I would be here for like maybe another year, maybe two years, ended up staying for six. Wow. And yeah, it's Mm -hmm. just been absolutely amazing. And then being back again, our second time back in Australia, it's been just as amazing as before. Obviously, the transition coming over here wasn't as seamless because we had COVID. We Uh. moved back during the heart of COVID in Australia, like literally like lockdown in Mm -hmm. Sydney. We had to do the quarantine for 15 days. We were escorted by military police (laughs) to our accommodation. 
Yeah. Which was, like, out of this world. Like, I was like, literally being in a movie. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, kind of cool, but kind of wild and yeah. kind of scary. Talk about, like, playing into your mental health. Being locked in confinement mm. for 15 days mm-hmm. was just – it was it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then we had to then do another 15 days of quarantine when we came to Adelaide. I had to do the same. Yeah. I did, yeah, two weeks in Melbourne and then two weeks in Adelaide. So yeah. that was a – and just, like, listening to you now talk about, like, you know – coming in and the escort and everything, I'm just like, what madness did we just live in? Seriously. So wild. Yeah. And, like, now, like, it's not that long ago, but, like, just now thinking about that, I'm like, wow, that feels like a different time, you know? So strange. I know. It, like, literally (laughs) feels like it was a blur, but it's only two years ago. I know. (laughs) But, yeah, so you've been in Adelaide for how long now? A year and a half. Yeah. And what brought you guys to Adelaide? So my husband, um, he's from Broken Hill. So he wanted to be closer to his family. Um, His dad was really sick at the time. And then he also got a really great job opportunity here. So we thought, why not? Let's go for it. We actually, um, to rewind a little bit, Mm -hmm. we sat down right after my daughter Tilly was born. And we sat there like with a bottle of wine, (laughs) like by the fire. And we're like, what do we want to do? Where do we want to take our life? And I said, okay, you know what? Let's each take a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Write down our goals, our dreams, our visions for the future, and then we'll read it out loud to each other and mm-hmm. see what we have to say. So we both wrote down everything. I wish I still had these pieces of paper because oh, nice. it was an amazing experience. I recommend everybody do this. If you have a partner, definitely do this. If you're like family, whatever. And we then read back what we wanted, and we both said we want to be back in Australia. Oh, and wow. it was at that point they were like, this is what we've got to do. This is our dream and our vision. So let's make it happen. And within like maybe a month, Duncan had like job offers over here. So we're like, wow. everything happened very, very, very quickly. And it was like me making like the decision of like, is this going to be best for my family and like leaving my family mm. again? And we've just had a baby and then there's this pandemic and everything. But we had to follow that gut intuition of like, what is the best move for yeah. ourselves and for our future? But it was just really cool that we both were so in alignment. with it we want to be back in Australia that's so cool I might do that exercise with myself and read it out to myself in the mirror (laughs) no you totally should and then like burn the piece of paper I I think we might have thrown them in the fire I kind of forget maybe it was all the wine we had but (laughs) we either kept them somewhere and they're going to show up in like a few years time that would be so cool cool. or we burned them because they say like when you write down your manifestations and then you burn them yeah you like release all attachment and that's when it really happens so that's so cool often not all um not every full moon but often when there is a full moon I'll write down like all of the sort of thoughts that I've had that keep reoccurring that I want to let go Mm -hmm. and then I'll burn those yeah Um, which is I always think like because I only have a front yard so I do it in the front yard. And I always wonder if, like, any of my neighbours are like, what is that witch doing over there again, you know? And I'm just, like, out there burning this piece of paper and watching it burn, you know? But it feels good to you. It does feel good. Yeah. So how are you feeling today? I feel great. Yeah. I had a fun morning dropping my daughter off to ballet. Yeah. And we were just talking before we started this podcast about mm-hmm. how it's more than just her learning how to dance now. It's the confidence that she's building. So she's only mm-hmm. been in the ballet class for a couple of weeks now. And the mm-hmm. first one, I had to sit down with her. And she didn't have that confidence. Then the second one, my husband just kind of like pushed her into the room, was like, here you go. You've got to do it. And then today, she just walked in by herself. And it just made me feel like such a proud mom. Because yeah. it's like, here's my little girl who's stepping into her own. She's confident. She just didn't even hold my hand. She just walked right in. Mm-hmm. And it just made me feel so, so good. And really made me realize that 
yes, the dancing is amazing, but these life lessons that she's learning and this programming that she's getting, like, Mm -hmm. I can do this on my own, mama. I am confident. I am brave. I'm empowered. Mm -hmm. Just brings me so much joy. That's so beautiful. And um, I've seen um, your little girl in your stories before when she's been at Strong, which is how we met, Um, like after the class, having a little dance in there as well. And you know, it is true what you said, like, it's not just about, okay, learning the the dancing side of things. It is the like, learning how to meet new people in the class and work together as a team. And that maybe you don't always get to be at the front of the dance or, you know, learning these kind of other lessons in there as well. Yeah. The different social cues and like seeing what other kids are doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So good. (laughs) What a nice Saturday. Yeah. It's been great so far. And I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Oh, good. So obviously today we're going to talk through your journey um, with your mental health Mm -hmm. and your mental health journey. um, What we're going to focus on predominantly today is centered around postpartum depression, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And anxiety. Yeah. And anxiety. Yeah. So if we were to sort of take it back to the start of that journey for you, Mm -hmm. can you um, pinpoint that or was there something that triggered or can you take us back there? So I think it kind of all stemmed from right when I found out I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. That excitement, but that anxiety. Like I remember seeing the test and being like, I'm supposed to be really excited right now. And I am really excited, mm-hmm. but there's so much unknown. And this is also right when the pandemic had kind of started. So energetically, everything was shifting. Things were changing. And then it was like, I've got a human in my stomach. Like I'm mm-hmm. growing a baby. Like how is this happening? And first of all, it's super weird that we can grow babies. <laughs> Like, and I feel like that's kind of part of it too. It's amazing. Absolutely. But it was still kind of like, okay, I've got this like literally chia seed size thing inside me Mm -hmm. and I'm going to bring a life into this world. Like, am I ready for that? We're living in a basement studio apartment. Like all of the thoughts start racing like literally a mile a minute in like probably like a 10 second span. Yeah. And that was kind of overwhelming. And, but I was, I was really genuinely excited. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is happening. But it was still, like, all of the emotions. Mm -hmm. And then as I was going through my pregnancy, it was, like, my body changing, things happening. Mm -hmm. Like, I really struggled during pregnancy with morning sickness and Mm -hmm. feel, like, lots of fatigue. And I'm one who I love my exercise, which Mm -hmm. is how we know each other. Like, (laughs) exercise has always been my therapy. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel like I could exercise when I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I know you can. Like, all the other moms listening to this, like you can exercise, like you can run, you can do everything. But something in me felt like if I exercised, I was going to dislodge this little growing chia seed (laughs) and it wasn't going to be good for my body. So I tried to exercise, but I couldn't. So then that was affecting my mental health. And there was COVID. I couldn't even just go to the gym and lift weights. Mm -hmm. So we had some weights like in our basement and I would do what I could. But I wasn't able to, like, actually release the all of the hormones that were changing in my body. So that was really challenging. So my body was changing. I'm growing this tiny human. And then I go, as I'm going to my different doctor's appointments, they're telling me about all these different things that you might feel during the process. And then that's, I feel like, when the anxiety really started. Because mm-hmm. I started getting these lists of, like, you might feel this. You might be thinking about this. And I'm just like, what if I do? What if all of this stuff happens to me? And I, it was towards the end of my pregnancy. I think it was like a week before I had Tilly. They gave me this final list of like going into postpartums, not an easy journey. And one out of a million people feel these things, but this could happen to you. And I'm thinking, what if I'm that one in a million? 
Mm. my mind starts racing. I can't, couldn't stop thinking about every single thing on the list. I think I had to throw the list away. Yeah. So I was like, I don't even want to like see it out of the corner of my eye. Like, should have burnt it. I should have. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that would have helped me. <laughs> because then I started to feel all of those things. Yeah. So Almost like it was like implanted. Kind of. It was yeah. almost like that anxiety and fear post like a pre-baby yeah was kind of really igniting like all of that fears postpartum as well yeah and something I feel like that the doctors probably should have noted or should have maybe maybe even done a better job at like giving me that piece of paper been like this is not normal but we just need you to know that these things could happen how do you feel about that Yeah. And really let me have some time to think about it. Or even from the beginning of the pregnancy, like addressing like these things could happen. The the one thing that I totally recommend, and I'll probably bring this up a couple times, is everybody who's planning on having a baby should get a therapist when they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't think you need one. Even if you think you're totally fine, your life is changing. It's important to be able to have somebody to talk to about these life changes and everything that's happening. Mm. So, and I didn't have that. If I had had that, like, things probably would have been different. Yeah, it is like, you know, I haven't um, had a baby, but I have a lot of friends with babies. And, you know, watching them go through this process, like, I can only imagine it is so much, like, from the start, like, you know, if you watch like movies or TV, when you find out you're pregnant, you're supposed to be over the moon, like overjoyed with excitement. And I can imagine how frightening it could, it could be to be like, oh my God, my entire life is, is going to change. Yeah. And that, you know, quite often is good, but still just almost like you, uh, like, yeah, you're going into a different chapter of, of yourself. And then on top of that, the hormones and your body changing, which I already know now, like that that's something I would have to look out for in myself mm-hmm. because it is beautiful that you can grow a child. But I just, I, I think that that's something I would need to be mindful of because, yeah. you know, you, you do get bigger because there is another human inside of you. <laughs> exactly. And every your hormones change, everything yeah. changes. And like I ate so healthy during my pregnancy, super, mm-hmm. super healthy. But I couldn't move because I mm-hmm. felt so sick. I almost felt like hungover like every single day. Like, you know, when you're hungover mm-hmm. and you feel like jet lagged and you feel nauseous and just like spinning, that was me most uh, of my pregnancy. Yeah. But I ate really healthy. And then towards the end of the pregnancy, I got really bad heartburn. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that helped my heartburn was almonds. Oh, <laughs> which is if anybody ever has acid reflux, heartburn, almonds is amazing. Okay. But if you too many almonds, you're obviously going to get a lot of weight because uh, it's so many fats that yeah. you're not able to actually use. Yeah. So I – because I didn't want to take too many like antacids because I'm – I like to have as few chemicals in my body as possible, especially when I'm growing this little human. Yeah. So um, I was eating almonds. Mm-hmm. I had learned. I learned right when I was about to have Tilly that also oat milk and watermelon. Okay. Would have helped just as well. Oh wow! Um, but I went the almond route. So yeah. I was having like huge spoonfuls of almond butter in the middle of the night because my <laughs> acid reflux was so so bad. Yeah. So I put on like 50, 60 pounds. I don't know how much that is in kilos. It's a it's a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> so that like obviously plays with your head and everything of as well. And yeah. then recovering like after having a child and my labor with Tilly was fifty two hours and like that's a lot of stress mm. and like created I think almost a bit of PTSD in my body. Yeah. Um, because your body's going through so many different different things as you're getting this human out of you. Like it's Mm -hmm. some people 
what their water breaks, they go to the hospital and they just have a baby. Yeah. Other people like me, yeah. like my water broke and then I had to be slowly induced and it was just like a very traumatic, long experience. Yeah. I don't need to go into the ins and outs of that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but and so that was a lot. With the, like, with the, even with the birth, I think um, often women go into it thinking, okay, I've got maybe my, my birth plan or I'm expecting it to go like this. I'm expecting that, yeah, uh, my contractions will start, my water will break and I'm going to go in and I'm going to have this baby. And and often that it doesn't go to plan, right? And no. there's that, that feeling of like having to, I guess, let that go. Yes, definitely. I'm glad, glad you brought that up because expectations mm. is huge. Expectations of what it's going to feel like when you find out you're pregnant. Expectations mm. of having a baby shower. Expectations of the delivery. Expectations of postpartum and like the new life. Like we build this kind of like um, fairy tale in mm. our head that everything's going to be perfect. And it's important to remember that everybody's journey is so different and to be open to that the things that might, they might flow totally different for you and not to have those expectations. I have realized a lot recently, even just this week that I hold extremely high expectations for life and for myself, but I need to release that because it's totally, it's really out of my control. There are certain things that you control and then you can control, but then things like how you're going to have a baby and how you're going to react after having a baby, you just don't know. Yeah. So everything is just, it's so different. Yeah. And I think it's really important, like if there's anyone listening to just, um, you know, as a woman who's been through these things, like to just try to remind yourself to be kind to yourself mm-hmm. because you might, you know, be going in thinking, I really want to have like a, a natural birth, you know, a, a natural vaginal birth with no um, drugs or whatever, yeah. you know, and and that might not be the way that it ends up going for you. And it's okay to feel um, whatever you feel because of that, whether you feel disappointed or you're grieving for what you thought was going to happen, like it's all right to feel that way. Mm-hmm. But maybe like we got to try to like recognize that and not keep ourselves there for too long or seek the help that we need in order to, I guess, process that something didn't go the way that we'd hoped right? and then move away from it. Does yeah. that make sense? Totally, totally. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. And I think it's really important to give your body the space it needs in order to rest and figure out what you do need. Mm-hmm. Listen to your body and just relax. Where mm-hmm. for me, after I had Tilly, I was like, I'm super mom. I can continue doing all of the things. Like mm-hmm. tried to go for a run right away. I didn't listen to the doctors, did all the different things because I was so worried that that list that they gave me, I was going to be – feeling all those things that were going to get like worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And they did because I didn't actually slow down. I didn't listen to my body and I didn't acknowledge my feelings. Yeah. What, what, What kind of things were on this list? Do you remember? Oh my goodness. I think I've kind of tried to like, like move them out of my oh. memory. But um, <laughs> sorry, no, no, you're totally fine. Let's stretch everything yeah, up. <laughs> but I, I used to like literally know ever like yeah. it was like um, self harm, harm of others, um, depression, anxiety. So it's a full on list. It's, it's a not full, just it's, like you might feel, you know, no, it might be lethargic like you or, might be tired, you might be sore, you might have a headache, yeah. you might like not have an appetite. It's like intense. Yeah, like very, very, very intense. Like mm-hmm. anything that you could think of, like mental health negatively yeah. is on this list. Right. Um, and it was it was scary. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like I'm feeling all of these things. And I tried to – I mentioned it, I think, briefly to my mom mm-hmm. that I was like, look, I'm like feeling like I'm feeling all the postpartum symptoms and this and that. And she's like, oh, you're fine. I never felt that way. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I can't feel that way then. So maybe I shouldn't acknowledge these feelings. And yeah. that for me was like kind of huge. It's like, well, but I am feeling these things, but I'm being told I shouldn't feel these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate who are dealing with mental health, whatever it might be that's happening. It's okay to acknowledge those feelings. And mm-hmm. everybody is different. Mm-hmm. If your family hasn't felt it before, that doesn't mean that like there's maybe there's generations before that ha- might have felt it. But even if that's not the case, it's okay for you to feel those things. Mm-hmm. But it was at that point, I was like, I started to acknowledge that something was wrong. And how and far, like how old was Tilly at this point? Like how far post um, birth was this? Um, this was probably within the first couple weeks. Cause I felt everything like probably within the first, like, I mean the first probably week I was like numb from everything, yeah. but like week two, week three, when everything started to kind of come up and I, would go in for postpartum checkups and the doctors would be like, oh, like, are you okay? Like, how's your mental health? And I'm like, I'm fine. Because I was scared. I was like, I don't know what to say. Like, no, I'm not okay. Then what are they going to do? Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, I'm feeling these things. Like, then what are they going to do? And like, Mm. I had this fear that like my, that Tilly was going to get taken away from me. Yeah. And I was like, that's not what I want. Like, I love this little girl, but like, I had this fear that like something was going to happen and like, I like, didn't want her to be taken away, obviously. And I mm. remember bringing this up to my husband because the day that Tilly was born, we had a, a family member whose child was actually taken away from them. Uh-huh. And so I think then that fear came in. So I would hear all these stories and I would make up stories in my head that maybe that's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So then I had all this fear of like, well, that's happened to somebody else. Like, I don't want that to happen to me. I had no reason and have no reason for that ever to happen. Mm-hmm. But you create these weird stories in your head because your hormones are off and like you have nobody to really talk to and to release whatever these feels are that are coming in. So yeah, so that was that was a scary place. Definitely. I can only imagine. And like, what were, I guess, like the, the main sort of symptoms that you were feeling at that time? A lot of fear. A yeah. lot of fear. A fear that I was going to do things like out of my control, like out of body experience kind mm-hmm. of fear that like I was going to do something and then I'd be like, wait, how did that even happen? Mm-hmm. And I've realized that I've always had that fear. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're on a boat and it's like, what if I just throw my phone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do that when I'm on the jetty. Yeah, same, exact, same thing. It's like, what if I'm on the jetty and I just like decide to jump off the jetty? Or if I just like chuck my phone or something like, I just do something like that. Yeah. It was that times like a million. Right. With everything to the point where it was like this consistent state of just anxiety and like mm-hmm. fight or flight kind of mode. But mm-hmm. I wasn't even like fighting. It was just kind of like, yeah, it was weird. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes to the point where you didn't even feel like you could move. Mm-hmm. And like kind of that dizzy feeling as well because you're just kind of – you can't actually ground yourself. And I'm really into self-care mm-hmm. and gratitude and mindfulness and men- like how I can control my mental health now. But I couldn't even get myself into that state because mm-hmm. you're so far out there. And it's like, okay, you know, I'm being told to do gratitude. I'm doing being told to do affirmations, breathing, meditation, everything – but it's hard when you're so far gone, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So, so you were functioning on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Functioning the, yeah. with fear. Functioning on the outside, yeah. but inside, 
very scared about just, like, what could happen. And I have, like, this teeny baby. Like, Tilly was really tiny. And it's just, like, well, like, what if something were to happen to her? And, like, I know Mm -hmm. a lot of parents feel this postpartum. Like, they have the fear of, like, even just going to the grocery store or driving. I don't really even drive much still because it Mm -hmm. gives me so much anxiety. I have my license. I can drive. Mm -hmm. I know how to drive. But it just still gives me the anxiety to do that. So, um, but that's so important that you've said that because I just feel like there will be so many moms who are out there listening and dads. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't just say one or the other. There'd be lots of parents out there listening who would would feel exactly the same. Yeah. But it's just we are scared to say it because we're – we. I shouldn't say we're – people, we're scared to – say how we feel sometimes because we're worried about how it will be received by others yes like exactly when we're talking about I guess that newborn phase again where we're quote unquote so it's supposed to be the the happiest time of your life and and, you know people are happy but there are other feelings that can come in yeah and I can only imagine how scared I would feel with a newborn child at home yeah well and then the other thing too was like I had Tilly at the heart of COVID in the Mm. U.S. so I didn't have that support like luckily my parents were able to come see me in the hospital luckily actually I was able to have my husband Duncan in the room with me like doing the whole process of delivery and afterwards because there are a lot of moms unfortunately that weren't even able to have anybody in the delivery room yeah so I was able to have him which was great and then my mom and dad were able to come but not together like super weird times to reflect that <laughs> they live like, together they right? live together and like what's the difference but they would be able to come like one at a time yeah and um that was really nice then afterwards yeah. when we got home we were able to have them and my sister and I think everyone was in masks for a little while but I'm yeah. like Really? Like, yeah. Like, do we need to? We've all been together at the hospital anyway, but it's just crazy to reflect back. But I didn't have the support. Like, like you would think, again, my expectations Mm. postpartum was you would have your family support there. Like, you have friends coming in and out, like people there, like getting home and there's balloons and there's this and that, and people just like looking after you. I didn't have any of that. Yeah. I couldn't see any friends. Like, I would occasionally kind of, like, sneak friends in to, like, mm-hmm. see the baby and just, like, say hello and check in. But, yeah, I just didn't have that support that I would have thought I had. And I think things would have totally been different. I mean, you just don't know, actually. But it would have been nice to have that extra support right there. But instead, mm-hmm. it was just Duncan and I and this tiny baby. Mm-hmm. But also back to what you are saying, like, it, like men postpartum, women postpartum, mm-hmm. something I don't think people talk about enough is men postpartum. Yeah. Um, and Duncan, like, he was he was totally fine. But mm-hmm. I know of dads that have not been okay. Mm-hmm. We always check in on the moms. And I just think it's so important to always check in on the dads too. And just simple things like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with asking, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Or like, how's everything going? And just like, just make sure. Because there's some dads that just aren't prepared for like their lives being totally changed. Because they think, oh, like the, you know what, the mom's going to take care of everything. And they can do as much as they possibly can. But sometimes it goes the other direction. And sometimes the dads feel all the feels and the moms are totally fine. Yeah, that's a very good point. And also I think um, like from the male side of things, there can be a lot of stress in relation to like that, that feeling of really now needing to provide on a different level. I know that's a little stereotypical, but yeah. I think it does kind of translate still in our world today. Right. I mean, but yeah, I think like you said, it's just super important that we do consider both. 
yeah. in, in that aspect. So, you know, and yeah, that, that time after, you know, having a child, especially the first one as well, when everything's new, it's new for everybody involved. Oh, totally new, totally new. And like, my, luckily my husband had some time off work to mm-hmm. be there with me and be there with the adjustment. But then I remember like being alone for the first full day with Tilly mm. being like, okay, what am I going to do? This is happening. And I would just set up my tripod and take photos of us. I'm like, okay, do anything to like have fun and like make this a really positive experience because couldn't go anywhere because it was COVID. Mm -hmm. Like even if I did have the confidence to be driving around, like Mm -hmm. we couldn't go anywhere. So Mm -hmm. it would be just like in the car and just like looping around the block. But like I wasn't even able to like go to the library or go to the coffee shop or do those Mm -hmm. kind of things. So it was like, here we are just kind of like locked in our house. Yeah. And after I'll get to this in a minute, but like I finally ended up getting a therapist and Mm -hmm. I was talking to her about just kind of like the transition between like pre-mom life and, um, Mm -hmm. and everything and mom life and COVID. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, what's really happening is you're grieving life post like Mm pre-COVID because what happened, like I, COVID happened and I got pregnant at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there was never really, and nobody ever has a time when it's like, (laughs) okay, like I'm ready to have this child. And like people, like they try and they prepare and this and that. But like mentally, it's like your life totally changed. Yeah. Like I remember my last like hurrah with my girlfriends and everything like pre-COVID, the last like big time we were able to all go out together. And then it was like those experiences are gone. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a mom and it's COVID and I can't do any of that. Mm -hmm. So it was like a lot of grievance for me of life before. Mm -hmm. And I learned that now reflecting after working with therapists and everything, which has been amazing, Mm -hmm. um, that that was a lot of, I think, the anxiety that I was feeling going into pregnancy and Mm – or being pregnant, sorry, being pregnant and then postpartum Mm -hmm. was that grievance of like my previous life is gone, which is okay. Like this new beautiful life has opened up, but you don't see it that way when you're in anxiety anxiety, and anxious like mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it for sure. And I think like – we, I think you mentioned before about like, you know, being able to, you know, go to the the shops or these kind of things. I think, you know, I've listened and watched my girlfriends going through things um, either for the first time with their child or like, you know, with um, a second child and whatnot. And, you know, I think we need to remember to like celebrate the, the little wins as well, like getting through the first full day on your own when hubby goes back to work. Like, yeah, you know, we should really like allow ourselves to like feel into that or taking um, the baby to go to the grocery store for the first time. Like that is a big thing when you're doing it. Like especially the first time. Yeah. You need to uh, celebrate all those little things. Yeah. Even little things like taking a shower. Yeah. It's like, that's a tiny win. (laughs) And like having like your partner or somebody just looking after the child so you can have that little space. Mm -hmm. And I remember we did this pre-baby class and they said one of the most important things you can do is acknowledge where you can fill yourself, fill your cup up and how your partner can fill up their cup and give each other space in order to do that and to have that quiet time. And even now, two and Mm -hmm. a half years in, it's still something that we have to do because like I need my workouts he needs his workouts. We both need our space Mm -hmm. because that's how we're going to recharge. Like if Mm -hmm. we're always together and always looking after our child, like you don't actually recharge. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like you still, still need to honor that, like looking after yourself and self-care and celebrating those little wins. Absolutely. And I think that that's a good point in terms of like, 
needing to spend time alone to recharge because when you're in the presence of another person, even, you know, if you are just sitting together or watching something or whatever, you are still giving energy to somebody else. Right. And so your energy starts to deplete maybe slowly if you're not doing much or not really chatting, but you do need to spend that time just alone to recharge. Well, I certainly do. That's how I feel about oh, it. Oh, I, I totally yeah. do. I totally need my time to recharge. And like as a stay-at-home mom, it's amazing. Mm. Like I love being home with Tilly and I love mm-hmm. taking care of her, taking care of her and um, watching her grow up and change mm-hmm. and everything, but it's depleting. Mm. Like spending all the time with a toddler now being bossed around and like yelled at and this and that because she's learning how to express her emotions. Yeah. So then I have to, I've learned to now meet myself at her level mm-hmm. of like, what is she telling me? What are these emotions that she's trying to release? Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. Yeah. It is so exhausting. So I'm with her Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays are mm-hmm. my like full days with her. She goes to school now Wednesdays and Fridays, which is amazing. Um, but Come Tuesday afternoon, I'm just like, I'm white <laughs> yeah. because I'm just doing like the best I possibly can to really give her the love and the attention that she needs. Yeah. But like little things, like if I want to try to do any laundry or if I want to like respond to an email, yeah. you, you just can't do it. So it's like, I don't, I try not to even try. Easier yeah. said than done, but it's, it's, I really need to just continue to focus on filling up my cup to yeah. maintain that energy. Cause otherwise it's just like, I'm zapped. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have no motivation. You have no, like, even inspiration because you're just like, oh, I've been at toddler level all week. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So, obviously, um, we talked a little bit about how you were feeling um, after having Tilly yep. and those feelings of fear and anxiety. D- did that get to, like, a boiling point or, like, a dark, the darkest point that you can remember? Yeah, so it did, and it built up over quite a few months. So it was probably month, like, four or so month I think it was month four Mm -hmm. I remember just like being like I'm not okay I am not okay like I feel like I'm just gonna walk out of this house and I'm just like I'm just not okay like Mm -hmm. I need help Mm -hmm. and my husband was it was late at night we just put my daughter down put her down to bed and uh, my husband was playing video games in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and I went in and I said I think I was in tears I was like Duncan I'm not okay and I went and sat back on the couch and I think he was like, like, oh, like what's going on? And I couldn't talk. Like, you know, when you're at that like boiling point, all time mm-hmm. low, you don't even know how to express what is happening. You're just not okay. Mm-hmm. And then he went to bed mm-hmm. and I sat on the couch, just frozen, like just tearing up. Like, I don't even know what to do. Like in my head, I was thinking, I was like, I just have to love Tilly. We just have to love Tilly. We just have to love Tilly. And... I was just like out of body experience, just like not okay. And I think it was the day after I tried to find a therapist by myself online. Mm-hmm. I had no luck. And, and this is in the US, this right? Is in the US, so yeah. in the US, do you have to go to a GP to get a referral like it is in Australia? You don't, no. no. Okay. So you can just um, go straight to. Yeah, so you can go online. So I like Googled like different yeah. therapists and like how I could possibly find one, and I had no luck. So oh. I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I don't need this. Maybe this is a sign from the universe that like mm. this is, but it, like deep down, I was just not okay. Mm-hmm. And so then I just kind of kept bottling it up. And on the outside, I was happy, bubbly. I was just, I was mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. I, myself, like mm-hmm. air quotes. Mm-hmm. And I, deep down, I was really struggling. I had the fear. I had the anxiety of everything. And I just felt just like, Bleh. I felt heavy. Yeah. And um, it was month seven. I called my, um, like the baby doctor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm really struggling postpartum. I need some help. I need I need to talk to somebody. And they connected me with somebody right away. Mm-hmm. This therapist who was 
incredible, absolutely amazing. And Mm -hmm. I had, I think, a meeting with her like a week later and just kind of told her about like how I was feeling. And we talked about like my past and everything. And it was the greatest thing ever. So Mm -hmm. I recommend everybody gets mm-hmm. a therapist, whether you don't like you don't think you need it or not, like it's important for everybody, regardless if you're postpartum or not postpartum or you're dealing with mental health issues or you're you feel like you're fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important. Everybody just needs somebody else to talk to. Yeah. That, like outside source. Yeah. Um, like no judgment, no expectations, none of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was about month seven. And there was a lot of kind of like ups and downs working mm-hmm. through therapy. We had talked about medication, not mm-hmm. medication. I like to keep things very natural. So I decided not to do that. Looking back, I'm thinking like maybe it would have helped things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was having some, I still wasn't able to lose any of my weight. So mm-hmm. that was really challenging. Like mm-hmm. I tried to exercise too early. Mm-hmm. So um, I was struggling with my body image. And mm-hmm. like obviously when you're not feeling good in your head and then also you look at yourself in the mirror or you see photos of yourself and you're just like, you just don't like what you see. It's not mm-hmm. a good feeling. So yeah. that didn't feel good at all. But yeah, I tried to exercise too early on. I injured myself, set myself back like six mm-hmm. months because they tell you they're like, don't exercise for like six weeks. And I was like, Pfft. Yeah. Who needs, who needs to listen to that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I end up injuring myself so I yeah. couldn't lose the weight, couldn't exercise. Um, and then once I started working with this amazing therapist, Dory, um, seven months in, I still was like struggling with like mm-hmm. the weight and this and that. And um, But it was amazing to have her to talk to and to mm-hmm. vent to and like work through a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I had to stop working with her when we moved over here. Mm. So I'm looking for a therapist now mm-hmm. um, because it's something that I really miss having because mm-hmm. I, I still do still struggle with postpartum. Mm-hmm. And people will say like, oh, it only lasts for two years. I mean, it, it says. I know, exactly. <laughs> it's like it can last however long. But yeah. also like these feelings and stuff can manifest into other things. And then maybe you realize like I've realized that I think I've had anxiety for years mm. that I've just kind of bottled up and just maintained this like surface level happy self because mm-hmm. that was what I've been expected to do, those expectations. Mm-hmm. But I really, I ultimately think it's been something I've been struggling with for years and years mm. and years. So it, the postpartum does go away and like it – stopped for me being really extreme probably two years in. It was, I okay. think it was exactly at the two-year mark that I was like, oh, I finally kind of like feel this relief. Okay. And that was amazing yeah. to acknowledge that like, oh, I'm not having these like wild, crazy, fearful thoughts. And like, mm-hmm. I'm not like um, kind of out of my body. Mm-hmm. I'm like now more grounded. But when I'm tired, mm-hmm. when I'm spending too much time not filling up my cup and mm-hmm. too much time like in mom life, like full-on mom life, I'll start to feel those things again. Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of this roller coaster. So um, I'm looking to get another therapist, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be amazing. But it's important to acknowledge that, like, those hormones might still be there. Yeah. And you need to work through them and you need to acknowledge them and learn how to release them and balance them and, and all of that kind of stuff. And if you still need help, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we have this expectation of mom life and, like, you get through postpartum. Like, mm-hmm. every, then everything's fine. And then you're okay. Mm. And nobody ever asks how the mom is. Mm-hmm. Again, like they mm-hmm. ask for the first like maybe three weeks, like, oh, how are you doing? Is everything okay? And then that's it. Mm-hmm. But there's still things that can be happening in your head. Yeah. And it's it's normal. Like mm-hmm. everybody has these kind of thoughts. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we are now. Yeah. And so what kind of things did you work with um, with the therapist, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. So we did a lot of like um, family trauma healing mm-hmm. um, and just like going back to like 
things that had happened in my family and just Mm -hmm. like talking through my childhood and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of that. So she did a lot of trying to like find what these roots are to get to. Yeah. um, Which is amazing. Like it's just so impressive like how therapists think and like know what to like pinpoint in order to like relieve stress. And like um, she really wanted me to help like release my control and really mm-hmm. release the expectations that I was having on myself and what things should be like mm-hmm. and just really emphasize that like everything's going to be okay and mm-hmm. especially with the crazy thoughts and stuff mm-hmm. that you are not your thoughts mm-hmm. that you might have these little voices in your head and we all do mm-hmm. those do not define you mm-hmm. that is not who you are and just kind of push them aside i've heard the like a few different analogies like you can picture a sailboat and put your like scary thoughts on a sailboat and then watch it float out to sea mm-hmm. or a train's coming past you put your scary thoughts on the train and then the train okay. then the train disappears with your thoughts yeah um so I try to do all of those different things but yeah. she also really helped me ground because it's generally the middle of the night when the thoughts would get like like crazy wild like okay. insomnia kind of like yeah. exhaustion but when you're really tired that's what's going to happen anyway yeah. so she would do like a, her couple things like the the cereal like aisle so you pretend you're walking down the cereal aisle at the grocery <laughs> store in the u.s there's a lot more cereals <laughs> than there are here and you picture each and every one as you're walking down the aisle okay. and then next thing you know you're not thinking about your thoughts anymore because you're so focused on like okay i see like this cereal and that cereal and i see like, wow, yeah that's and, a great one and that works amazingly yeah so i did a lot of that yeah and then also laying on the bed and being like okay I'm laying on, I have like my skin and then I have my clothes mm-hmm. and I have my jammies. Then I have like, then I'm on a bed sheet yeah. Then the bed sheets on the bed protector. Then the bed protectors on the mattress. What's in the mattress? Mm-hmm. What's below the mattress working all the way down to like the core of the earth. If you even get to that point. Yeah. And that helped a lot to like ground me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes during the day, I would do those kind of things as well, just to get really centered. Wow. I like, I, I've not heard either of those before, and they're really good ones. Yeah. Often I talk about how I use crossword puzzles to slow, to stop okay. my anxiety because yeah. my brain can't focus on my hectic thoughts and a crossword at the same time. That's really so good. It's similar, but that's a really good one and able to use like visualization and that might be able to help you to fall asleep, whereas a crossword. I've got the light on and stuff, so it's not quite a good one for the middle of the night. But right. I've, that's a really – I like the cereal aisle one. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Until it makes you hungry and then you're like, yeah. oh, well, maybe I'm going to get a snack. All of a sudden you're eating cereal in the yeah. middle of the, de- uh, yeah. middle of the uh, night. <laughs> okay, so that's really good. So obviously working with um, the therapist was obviously really beneficial yeah. for you. Yeah, she was amazing. And she tried to put me in contact with some like postpartum like mom groups. Yeah. That gave me a lot of like social anxiety and fear mm-hmm. because I started thinking, well, if I'm connecting with these people and they're talking about what they're feeling, I don't want to feel what they're feeling. And so they, that was just kind of like a vicious cycle of emotions in my yeah, head. yeah. So I opted not to do that, but I like talked to some of my new mom friends, and yeah. like that helped and things like that. But um, I think it is still important to open up about how you are feeling. Mm-hmm. You're talking to a therapist, like talk about what you're learning with your therapist. Mm-hmm. And I used to do that a lot. Like I'd go into like the corner of like one of the basement rooms in the like the apartment we were in a studio apartment but then we could go to other areas of the basement that like weren't our apartment so I'd go to these like little dark areas and I'd talk to to Dory my therapist then afterwards I'd come and like tell Duncan about like what I had talked about and like how I was feeling and it was always amazing Mm. like just to like that after afterwards feeling of just like oh I was able to release all of that and Mm -hmm. you just feel so just like light 
Mm-hmm. That's, That's so nice. So good. I think, and what that does by having that secondary conversation is it allows you to kind of cement it a little bit more in your mind. Yeah. And then to hear like, you know, the conversation with another person. I think yeah. that's a really good way of, yeah, just really letting it sink in. Yeah. So aside from, I guess, the the talk therapy that you did, would you say now you're in a, a good place at the moment? I, it goes up and down. Of course. It goes yeah. up and down. Like this past week, I had a really tough week. Yeah. I had no motivation, no inspiration. Like if I could, I would have just laid in bed all, all week. Yeah. And I have now acknowledged that like I can't be feeling all the, like feeling this way all the time. So yeah. it's time to connect with another therapist. Yeah. And really just kind of just have somebody else to talk to and um, help myself get more grounded. Because yeah. like I said before, I do all the mindset work. I do all the gratitude. Mm-hmm. I do everything I possibly can to get grounded. But sometimes that's not even enough. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So what other things do you do to take care of your mental health bent on a daily or weekly basis? Yep. Something that I did last year, which I loved, was I worked with an energy healer. Cool. Um, which is so much fun. This amazing yeah. woman who really helped. She was kind of like almost a therapist in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't think she'd like to be defined that way, but yeah. kind of like I would be able to talk through what was in my head mm-hmm. and energetically she was able to tap into the different fields within my body and help me release and really find love, self-love mm-hmm. for myself and gratitude for myself. And ultimately I feel like that's what it comes down to is that internal love and mm-hmm. that internal validation mm-hmm. That you are loved, that you are worthy, that you are great, all of those kind of things. Yeah. So I do a lot of sitting with my hand on my heart and my solar plex mm-hmm. and putting that love into my body. Mm-hmm. And that helps, especially if I'm feeling really anxious, especially in the middle of the night. I'll do that. I'll do different breathing exercises, the serial exercise, like mm-hmm. going through my bed and all that kind of stuff. The other thing that I do a lot of is meditation. Yeah. I try to meditate at least once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have not meditated this week, so maybe that's why I've been a little bit off. Mm-hmm. But most weeks I do try to meditate every day. I find it's a really good reset for me as a mom. Yeah. And I think all moms should have a midday reset when your child is still napping. I don't know what I'm going to do until he's not napping. Um, <laughs> but because she's still napping, yeah. I can do this amazing midday reset where mm-hmm. I'll take a shower. I will lay on my acupressure mat. Mm-hmm. Acupressure has been incredible for stress, anxiety, um, even just like soreness in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll lay on my acupressure mat, put on a meditation, and I'll like literally fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever been on an acupressure mat before. It's I haven't. Painful. Okay. But it's um, <laughs> it's like amazing pain. Yeah. Like especially if you're feeling like just like out of your head and you lay mm-hmm. on it and you're just like, oh, this feels so good, but it hurts so bad. And then you lean into it mm-hmm. and afterwards you just feel this like rejuvenated. So Like an ice bath? Like in terms of like, you know how you get into an ice bath and it hurts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> but afterwards exactly. you feel great, right? Yeah, I don't like the feeling after an ice bath. Oh, I don't. No, I don't. Oh, I do. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same kind same, of thing. Yeah. It's like once you get, like it really hurts to get on it, mm-hmm. but then like afterwards you're like, oh, like okay. I'm so happy I did that. Yeah. And then I also love to do that. I love the feeling of like, gratitude exercises so I'll do like I love the feeling of xyz and I'll put down an emotion okay and then I'll do like lists of I love the feeling because it gets me into this visualization Mm -hmm. and this really positive headspace of what I want to be feeling yeah or I'm so happy and grateful now that and I'll do kind of like forward thinking gratitude Mm -hmm. that helps me a lot with um with really getting grounded my favorite thing to do for my mental health though is being outside and exercising um I love going for walks Mm -hmm. I love just working out in general and just being out in nature I just find it it's so grounding for most people Mm. but that is like my serious my vice yeah um and I just 
it gets me to where I need to be. Yeah. Um, not always. Like, I struggled this week to find even, like, getting centered. But mm-hmm. I'll do, like, mindfulness on the go as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, trying to just, like, focus on my steps or, like, mm-hmm. listening to the birds and really just, like, seeing all the grains of sand. Like, things yeah. like that. So and I'm so I, grateful that we live in such a beautiful area. Oh, that, like, absolutely. We can be outside most of the year. Because that yeah. was one of the things in Boston. Like, mm. about six – no, pro- it's probably, like, eight or nine months of the year. It's cold mm. or snowy and you can't be outside in the same way and like I used to love skiing and snowboarding and I grew up doing all that kind of stuff but as a mom it's not as easy to do that with a tiny the tiny child and um corporate world in the U.S. is so different like here like Mm -hmm. my husband has the most amazing work-life balance and I have like just the pure freedom Mm -hmm. so we weren't able to get outside and do any of that kind of stuff when we were over there so it's so nice and I'm so grateful that we can do all that here to really ground ourselves definitely and I believe you set yourself a, a goal right is a uh, half marathon full yep. marathon I'm well so I'm training for a full marathon yeah but I've signed up for a half marathon right so the reason that I'm training for the full marathon is so come the half marathon time it's just a breeze and yeah. I can just cruise through it yeah um, and it also is giving me so much discipline mm-hmm. and the consistency mm-hmm. so I feel like I back to the expectations, Mm -hmm. I've set these high expectations for myself in the past and I haven't met them. Mm -hmm. So now it's just kind of like I have this discipline and my expectation is to do this half marathon. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm training for the full, um, just because I know I'll be able to make it a lot easier for myself. Yeah. And it's great. So like tomorrow I'm going to be running for two hours and people are like, why would you do that? Are you crazy? (laughs) Like what's going on? I'm like, but it's so much fun. I put on a couple podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, some audio books and I just get in the flow and Mm -hmm. I just go. And then afterwards, like it's this amazing feeling of just like positive hormones like flooded through my body Mm -hmm. and I feel great. Yeah. And I've also gotten to the point where I don't even feel tired afterwards. So, which is wild. Like you think if so you're working good. your body for that long, like mm. you'd be so fatigued, but I feel so energized and I feel so good. It's because, but I've built myself up to that point. Yeah. But it's also taken me like two and a half years to get to the point where I can run for five Ks. Yeah. Yeah. And also what I love about like, about this is that, you know, I mean, goal setting I think is a great strategy for people as long as we're not being too hard on ourselves. But especially when it comes to something like the run that you're doing, it's also a great way to connect with other people. And there's a community of people that are around you. Like you said, Stevie and Millie and that from Strong, they're also um, doing it. So it's, I just feel like you get a a lot from it from different angles as well, which is really nice. Yeah, you really do. It's nice to have those people around you. And um, my cousin is a pro athlete. She's actually running the Tokyo Marathon tomorrow. So, like, it's been a huge, huge inspiration for me as well. Like, she's got two kids and she's running a thriving, like, entrepreneurial business. And she's doing all of these marathons and triathlons Mm -hmm. and this and that. It's like, I can do it too. Yeah. Kind of like we before we were talking about like bodybuilding and this and that. It's like yeah. you see other people doing it. Like you can do it too. Yeah. But that's also to kind of spin it back. It's the same thing with like negative mindset and mm-hmm. postpartum. You see – you hear these stories and it's like, well, maybe I'll feel that too. But it's important to flip the script and be yeah. like, well, you know what? If these people can have a like a really positive experience and achieve all these things, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And not to let those negative thoughts hold you down. Mm-hmm. And also to be mindful of like the comparison thing as well. Yes, like for just sure. because like um, you know a, a, a different mum has you know done a bodybuilding competition six months after having a child, that doesn't mean that 
that's what you have to be doing either. Like, right. so everybody is different. So let's not be too hard on ourselves exactly. as well. Everybody is different. And comparison is like the thief of joy. Yes. So if yes. we don't compare ourselves to other people, you're actually able to achieve everything that you want to. I was listening to a podcast this morning or an audiobook, and he was talking about equanimity. I think I'm saying that right. Equanimity, which is essentially like being in such a grounded place of gratitude that you don't care or worry about what anybody else is doing oh. ever. You're just grateful for everybody's accomplishments, achievements, what they're going through. You're there for them, but you're so centered within yourself. I love so, that. I know. So it's something that I want to be embodying more of. Mm. I've been aware of the term equanimity for a long time, mm-hmm. but it's funny that it came up right before recording this. Yeah. I think that's great. And like, I, that's how I try to feel about life in general but like like when I started the podcast and someone would be like oh there's another podcast that's doing the same thing and I'm like that is totally fine because the more people that are winning the better exactly like everyone's in their own lane we're all unique we all bring our own things so yeah. there's no need to compare in that sense no because your voice is diff- so different than somebody else's yeah exactly now, I imagine there were, there were lots of people that helped you out in your journey and, you know, everything postpartum. Who would you say were the most influential people were? My therapist, Dory, mm. for sure. I mm-hmm. think she was she was huge. Also, I'd say my sister because she's studying to be – she's a therapist now. Yeah. Um, and then my husband was also amazing. However, I did feel like it was very hard to go to him when I wasn't feeling okay mm-hmm. because that first time when I was really at rock bottom and I went to him saying I'm not okay, I didn't get the – the support that I had expected. Yeah. And obviously, like, he's going through his stuff as well. So, like, yeah. he didn't even know how to deal with me saying that I'm not okay. But it still felt really hard to open up. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had so much support from Dory, my amazing therapist, mm-hmm. and my sister. Um, I still feel like I can go to her. This week I was going to her being like, I'm feeling really off. Mm-hmm. And she gave me some amazing advice. Just reminding that, reminding me that, like, we all go through these phases of life. Mm-hmm. It's normal. It's part of life. And you just flow through them. And this too shall pass. And my mm-hmm. mom's always said that as well. It's like, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And I've always, I always remind myself that too when I'm like going through kind of a rough phase. This will pass. Yeah. So just have to grow through it and go through it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, it's nice to be able to have those like out external, you know, influences that can really help us on our journey. Yeah. What do you wish that you could tell your past self who was going through that? Or maybe someone who might be listening who's having some similar feelings? I would say definitely get support and a therapist before, like while you're pregnant or Mm -hmm. while you maybe you feel like something maybe feels a little off. Mm -hmm. Just talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, And people who are pregnant, thinking about having a child, whatever it might be, just give yourself that space afterwards to relax. I would recommend if you can, give yourself six months to just not do anything. Mm -hmm. In a lot of, I think it's in the Asian cultures, the mothers are just doted on for about six months. They don't do anything. They don't cook. They don't clean. They they feed the baby. They just heal. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I feel like we don't do as much in Mm -hmm. our culture is we do not let our bodies heal because Mm -hmm. we're so programmed that we need to go, 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 go. And that's just the the American mentality is just go, go, go. Mm -hmm. So give yourself space to heal. Give yourself space to relax and talk about what's coming up. And Mm -hmm. don't feel the need to work. Don't feel the need to exercise because you've got the rest of your life to do that. You only have this small phase to really take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you don't listen to that, it's going to manifest into other things or you're going to extend whatever feelings are coming up or injuries Mm -hmm. or any of that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, I think that's really great advice. And, you know, everyone can take from that, you know, what what they think can fit in within their life. You know, some yeah. people have to go back to work earlier than others and things like that. But, yeah, if you have the, that support and that ability to really lean into that time to just take care of yourself, take care of the baby and, mm-hmm. and really just, yeah, fall into that that space. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. How do you think that we as a society can sort of, I guess, do better in the mental health space and especially, you know, considering your story, um, better support people postpartum? I think just making it normalized that it's okay to not be okay and Mm -hmm. to be able to talk about it Mm -hmm. and not feel like you need to be on this new mom high Mm -hmm. all the time. And there's a lot of moms that love being moms Mm -hmm. and that just like thrive postpartum. Mm -hmm. But then there's also a lot of people who you will still love to be a parent Mm. maybe, or maybe you don't. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But just making it normal to be able to to talk about it openly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like the mental health space has just been amazing recently in the last few years, especially people Mm -hmm. have been so much more open talking about the importance of mental health and Mm -hmm. healing and all of that kind of stuff. But I still feel like there's space postpartum that Mm -hmm. isn't talked about as much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's just important to make it okay to talk about yeah and just because like your parents didn't feel how you're feeling or your mom didn't feel how you're feeling doesn't mean that you might not feel those things so mm-hmm. normalize that everybody's body is different mm-hmm. and everybody's mental health journey is different yeah definitely and like there is so much pressure about you know how the birth went or are you breastfeeding or oh, yeah. xyz like I guess like I just want women to know like that if you're healthy and the baby's healthy, it doesn't matter if it's bottle or breast or it doesn't matter if it was a C-section or a vaginal birth. Like that, those things, we can have an idea about what we might like, but we just need to be really kind to ourselves if it doesn't go that way. And the most important thing is the health of you and the child. Exactly, exactly. And every yeah, everybody's journey is totally different. Yeah. And whatever you do is going to be the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. But not don't try to overdo it with like the breastfeeding or Mm -hmm. if you can't have a vaginal birth just follow what is going to be the safest thing for your body and for the baby Mm -hmm. um but then breastfeeding is like it's exhausting and it does not work for everyone yeah and it takes a lot of work I Mm -hmm. was able to luckily to breastfeed I breastfed for more than 18 months so Mm -hmm. for a very long time Mm -hmm. um which was awesome but I know there's a lot of people who aren't able to do that Mm -hmm. and it's okay to use formula it's okay to like find what works best for you. Mm. Um, and just because somebody might be like, oh, you can't, like, don't use formula. Formula is really bad. It's there for a purpose. Yeah. It's, it's there for a reason. So a fed baby is, you know, exactly. is, is the end goal, yeah. you know. A healthy so, fed baby. Yeah, absolutely. So looking back now, I guess, with a bit of hindsight about everything you've been through, how do you feel about the journey? Um, it's been a roller coaster, yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't been able to do it without my amazing husband, Duncan, like, and yeah. having his support. Cause like, we've been through a lot since we had Tilly. So mm-hmm. like we had Tilly mm-hmm. and then we had to move in and out of our apartment cause we were having lots of issues with our apartment. So we had to do lots of moving, like literally from like week three of her being born Ugh. and, um, just like lots of change. So it's like COVID, the moving, then coming over here and the quarantine. It's just been Mm -hmm. exhausting. It's crazy to look back on the journey and see how far I've come and everything that we have accomplished. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like there's still a lot of work to do, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is important for me to acknowledge, to know that it's not like 
everything's not perfect. Yeah. But nothing's ever going to be perfect. Correct. So. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I've met your husband and he is lovely. He's amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> he comes to Strong too sometimes or just to the parties? Just to the parties. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like the group class workouts. Yeah. Okay. But even though I know he'd love the workouts. Yeah. He just... He yeah. likes to do his things. He likes to go to the gym. So. Yeah, that's fine. And I mean, the parties are great. The so. parties are great, exactly. <laughs> so if anyone wanted to be able to find you and connect with you, whether it was, you know, if you're open to it to talk about what you've been through or to talk about what you're doing um, with work and yep. maybe discuss, you know, uh, any opportunities that they might have to also do a similar type of thing how can they find you you guys can find me on instagram so it's abigail g cook abigail.g.cook on instagram mm-hmm. um and if you don't mind maybe put my link in the of show course. notes yeah um and yeah yeah feel free to reach out i'm an open book i'm mm-hmm. happy to talk about anything mm-hmm. whether it's entrepreneurship business mom life postpartum mental health anything mm-hmm. travel like whatever you want to talk about um i'm a total open book so please Fantastic. reach out and i hope you guys enjoyed this and found value here Absolutely. I must say, like, I'm, I'm really excited for this episode to go live. And I'm really grateful for you that you've joined me today and that you've been so open about what you've been through, because I just know how many people it's got, this is going to help. And I just want to encourage any parents who are listening, you know, to if you need help or if you're not feeling, you know, overjoyed because it is such a tough time becoming a parent, I imagine, from what I've <laughs> gathered from everybody else, like reach out. Like it's okay to not feel okay and like there is support out there. You've got lots of wonderful family and friends that love you and would want to know so that they can help. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the you know, the first step is to, to telling somebody. Yeah, exactly. And I was listening to Amazing Podcast a couple weeks ago, and their biggest advice was like, if you're feeling anything with your mental health that feels off, just tell somebody. Mm. It could even be the stranger on the street, like Mm -hmm. somebody at the coffee shop. Just tell somebody that you're having some thoughts or Mm -hmm. um, that you're not okay. Mm -hmm. And feel free to reach out to me. Like if you Mm -hmm. are dealing with anything postpartum and you just want somebody to talk to, it's just getting it off your chest. And you have no idea how good it feels to just release whatever is holding you down. And it's simply as just starting with, I'm not okay. I need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And somebody is going to be able to help guide you in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's very important. And I hope that um, there's people listening out there who definitely take something away from this episode. So Abby, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. <laughs> and now we can go enjoy the rest of this beautiful day outside. And I'll see you guys all next week. Doey! If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at Lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at hightidelowtideau.com dot com or dm me on instagram at high tide low tide au see you next time